Good morning, good morning, Rabbi Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class today is dedicated in loving memory of Eliza Ajami. Aliyah Shalom Lilishbat Eliza Sarah Bat Farha, sponsored by her son Isaac Ajami. As well, uh, the, the uh, Breakfast in the Class is dedicated in loving memory of Mrs. Lily Safar Lilishbat Leah Batkhana, and sponsored by Soli Asa, dedicated in honor of Haron Shohet. Hazaku Baruch. The week of Kobru and the Breakfast in the Class, also sponsored by David E. Ash. Um, and a new website where you, the viewer and listener, can support chazak.org by purchasing a t-shirt or hoodie honoring your capacity to do good today and every day uh, at capacityforgood.com. Hazaku Baruch. Well done. My friends, sometimes a person is engaged in a process, engaged in a mitzvah, and does not realize really the intention and the aim of that mitzvah. They don't realize exactly what's being done. Um, I'll give you an example of this concept. It's a famous uh, story, joke, who knows you know, where it happened, who it happened. I've heard it said with many different people. But the idea really, the point is really the element of this story slash joke. Guy goes to someone's house, a uh, big rabbi comes to the guy's house, it's Friday night, the guy walks in, he looks down and he sees that the chalot are not covered. So he starts screaming at his wife. He's embarrassed in front of the rabbi that the chalot don't have a covering on them. So he's screaming and yelling, what kind of thing is this? Don't you know better? Have the chalot have to be covered? Anyway, uh, the, the wife goes out to go get the chalot cover. The guy turns to the rabbi, he's like, I can't believe this. Look what I have to deal with. The rabbi says, Rohi, you know why we cover the chalot? We cover the chalot because the, the halakha tells us that the first bracha a person's supposed to make is really the bracha of hamotzi. We're making now the bracha of bore geffen first because of the kiddush. So because the bread is going to be embarrassed that it was skipped over, so we cover the bread and the bracha in order that it doesn't get embarrassed. But much more than the embarrassment of two loaves of bread is the embarrassment you just heaped on your wife to scream at her in front of a stranger. So you're a little bit skewed in your understanding of the halakha. Okay? The whole point of that halakha is because not to embarrass. And look, look at how you embarrass your wife now. So this is a very famous story. My friends, these ideas that a person can be engaged in a mitzvah, can be engaged in a practice, and be fulfilling in the way that they fulfill that practice, the exact opposite of what they're trying to do, is not something that should be lost on us. Because we work very hard to fulfill the mitzvot, to do the tefillot, to do everything that we have to do, correct? And sometimes, in the way that we'll do the mitzvah, we're actually broadcasting the opposite point of what we're trying to broadcast. So let's take a look for one second. You know, Hanukkah is a beautiful time. Everyone's getting together. One night after the next, family parties, magnificent. Why are we, what is this family parties on Hanukkah? What are these Hanukkah parties? Where did they come from? In fact, what is the point of the entire holiday? The basis, the baseline of what Hanukkah is, is two elements. One hidden within the other. The, in the tefillah, we end off, we say, They set eight days of Hanukkah. What for? 
to give thanks and to give praise. That's the point of Chalukah. So one more time. It does not say, and they instituted uh, eight days of Chanukah, that a person should wear Hanukkah sweaters. It doesn't say that we instituted the holiday of Chanukah, Matanot, when do we have a halakha of giving presents? On Purim. Matanot le'evyonim. Okay? Not eight days of presents to your children. Where did presents come from on Hanukkah? When did that come from? That was something we took from Xmas. Jewish kids growing up, right? They wanted to, uh, they wanted to have Xmas presents. The parents wouldn't let them. So instead, what did they have? They had Hanukkah presents. Hanukkah presents is not a thing. To give some money to commemorate the fact that when they were doing the dreidel, you know, trying to distract the Greeks from the fact that they were hiding and studying Torah. So to do that, maybe one can understand that there's some level of a commemoration. Okay. Now, I'm not railing against Hanukkah presents. You want to give presents? Give presents. I gave presents. I got presents when I was a kid. I don't want to be the Grinch that stole, uh, that stole Hanukkah. I'm not, I don't want to get, take anything away from you. Yeah, it's beautiful. Give as many presents as you want. But don't lose the forest for the trees and make that what the holiday becomes. That's not what it is. People, Hanukkah is about family. No, it's not. You know what's about family? Family is about family. Hanukkah is not about family. Now, it is a true thing that to celebrate, you might want to have your family with you because that's how you celebrate. But the, the family is the props for the celebration. Not the other way around. So you have scenarios where people have everyone get together, you know, and whether they do or don't light the menorah as an afterthought. And if they do, they light it in some corner, then all leave the room. Do you understand? We're missing the boat here a little bit. We're getting very obsessed with the You know, we're traveling every day Every day you have to have a new donut, by the way. And the donuts are not a dollar, you know, anymore. The donuts now, I saw a donut for $9. So you have a choice, Jewish education for your children or donuts. Everyone has a choice to make. You have to decide where you want to go. But we have a new donut every night. If you have a new donut every night and a new present every night, do you have a new lighting every night, my friends? I'm not asking if you added a candle. Besides for the, the idea, the halakha of me'adrin, me'adrin that we do, did you bring something new to the lighting? A new kavana, a new intention, a new dvar Torah, a great practice that I encourage people to do is before they actually make the berachot to light, they should spend two minutes with their family talking about what it means, what they're going to think about, what they're going to have in mind, prayers that they're going to make by the, by the Hanukkiah, because this day is about lehodot, to recognize and thank God, to be mefasim, the nest, to spread the word of the miracle, and to be thankful and give praise to God. That's the point of it. Everything else is wrapping paper. And if you get too lost in the wrapping paper to ever receive the gift, I mean, it's a little bit not normal, Right? So, my friends, I want to try and plug into 
what it feels like, lehodot ulehalel, to say thank you, to recognize. The word lehodot, as we always say, represents two different things. It represents thank you, like toda, but it also represents, as the Sfarim tell us, to be modeh. Yehuda is called Yehuda because his mother wants to thank uh, his Hakadosh uh, Baruch Hu, but he's also called Yehuda because he admits that Tamar was correct. Many. Okay, so when we say thank you to God, we're admitting something. So I want to ask you this question: What does this mean to you in 2022 when you're saying thank you to Hakadosh Baruch Hu that the Jewish people defeated the Greeks so many years ago? What does that mean? My friends, it must mean that there are wars that we're still fighting. It must mean that there are influences that we're still trying to keep out of the Jewish home. That must be what it means. If we're still celebrating the miracle, but also still saying that the miracles that occurred then happen now too, that this is a miraculous time, then, then what are we applying those miracles to? Okay, so I think that this idea is uh, is something that everyone can take on, can think about, can focus on in deciding how to be able to run a Jewish home, how to be able to bring up their kids, how to be able to decide how to live their lives. That influence, which is there, so to speak, there's two places where we light the door, where we light the menorah. The ideal place to light the menorah is where. By the door. Can't light the menorah by the door for whatever reason. Then we light it by the window. Both of those places are the entry points to a person's home. They're a force field. They're a protection measure. They're a security fence to be able to ensure that we're able to maintain the sanctity of our homes, of uh, the Jewish avira spirit, idea of what we have. Now to me, it doesn't matter so much that you want to give presents on the holiday of Chanukah. But it does matter if the reason why we want to give Chanukah presents is because outside they're giving Xmas presents. And because it's the holiday season. And because they're putting tinsel everywhere. And wherever you go, you know, wherever you go, it's Xmas music. And there's this spirit. Because subconsciously, that is exactly what the Yevanim tried to do. They tried to infiltrate the Jewish mindset, the Jewish uh, ideology. So when you're doing something based on what's going on around you, it's far more dangerous than when you're doing something because you just happen to want to do it. I'll give you one example of, of this concept, specifically where we find a differential between whether you're doing it because you want to do it, or you're doing it because you're trying to imitate those around you. The Pasuk says to us that if a person, if the Jewish people come to the Navi, or they come and they say, so that, you know, we want a king, it will be when you'll get into the land of Israel, and you will say, I want to put a king on myself, just like all the nations around me. So the Torah tells you at that time, it's a negative thing, it's considered a negative thing. But the question is, the Torah actually says, that you, have a, you, should put a, you should institute, you should appoint a king upon you. The Chachamim explained that if the Jewish people say we want a king, because we want a king, it's not so much a problem. 
But if the Jewish people say we want a king because everyone else has one, that's a problem. And my friends, there's a very deep truism here. When a person wants to be like the Joneses because they want to keep up with them in how much money they have, what starts with one thing often then leads and bleeds into another area. So one of the elements of the lighting of the menorah, lehodot ulehalel, to recognize, to say thank you, and to give praise to God for this miracle, my friends, is to recognize that Bore Olam was willing to make a miracle to save the Jews from this mindset, from this uh, uh, danger, if you will. Now there's always two dangers that face the Jewish people throughout history. One danger is Miad Esav, from, the, from Esav that's coming to wipe the Jewish people out. And that's Iran, as an example, would love to nuke the state of Israel, blow it out of the water. Chalas, kill every last Jew in, the, you know, in, in Israel, that's what their goal was. Hitler, Yemach Shemo, wanted to kill every living Jew on the planet. His war against us was primarily a physical war. That's what he was trying to do. But there's another war that the Jewish people fight. And that war is Miad Achi, from my brother. Someone who's acting with me like a brother. They're not necessarily pushing me out, persecuting me, beating me up. In fact, they have their arms wide open. I accept you just the way you are. I'm very happy for you to build shuls, <coughs> build schools. Fantastic. Do whatever you want to do. There's a danger as well over there. And the danger there is of losing the self. And my friends, this Jewish self, this Jewish mindset is something that is incredibly fragile. And unless a person recognizes when it's under threat and is able to be able to institute elements to be able to protect that Jewish identity and Jewish ideology, then we have a problem. It is a scary thing to think that the vast majority of Jews that are lighting Hanukkah candles, they're doing a mitzvah and it's wonderful. But if they're, if they're living a life which is synonymous in every way with the culture around them, if they're not keeping any of the mitzvot in the Torah, it's so bitterly ironic that the candles that they're lighting are, are, the, are their own story. It was when God said that to lose the Jewish people to their host culture, for them to assimilate in intermarriage and to assimilate in their mindsets, to become exactly like the host nation that they were in, that was what the story of Hanukkah was. And the commemoration thereof by someone who's just completely unaware of everything. And God bless him, they got a menorah from Chabad. And of course, it's a wonderful thing that they should light candles. But my friends, if that's where the relationship with Judaism begins and ends, then that is the tragedy of Hanukkah. It's commemorating, so to speak, a victory while declaring a loss. My friends, but you and I know that a person who's in that situation can't save themselves. They don't know. They never learned. They're not connected. They never had a rabbi. They didn't grow up. You know what? Many of us are very lucky. And, and, and we have to chalk it up to good mazal. You know, I was lucky enough to be born into a family. My father's a rabbi. So you know what? Life that I lead is one of connection, of Torah, because I was born to that family. What would have happened if I was born into a family that was completely disconnected? 
I don't know where, where I would be. What would happen if you didn't grow up in the Syrian community where there's this default position that, yeah, most people go to shul. Maybe not every day, maybe not every Shabbat, but they go. The idea of once a year Jews, you know, Yom Kippur or Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, for us in our community, doesn't really exist. Maybe there's a few, or maybe it's a small number, but most people come to shul here, there, they come. In the vast, vast majority of Jews in America today, that is not the case. They come to shul on the high holidays. That is what's going on out there. So if they can't reconnect, so what do we do? And I'd like to suggest that once upon a time, there was a battle cry from Matityahu. Matityahu screamed out, challenged everyone around him, and he said, you know, Maccabi, mi kamocha ba'elim amunai. Who is like you amongst the mighty, O God? He, he rallied his brothers to go fight the impossible fight. And he got them to go and stand up to the Greeks. My friends, there is an impossible fight that is facing us. Whole schools, Jewish schools in name, that teach almost no Judaism. Kids that went to a public school system that never met a rabbi or a community which was inspired or energized or excited, and their Judaism was outsourced to feelings about Israel, or their Judaism was outsourced to ugly Hanukkah sweaters and eating donuts and kreplach and chicken soup. Who, who's going to fight this war if not we? You don't have to put yourself in physical danger. But you have to invite someone home for Shabbat. You have to find someone in your office that doesn't know and invite them to shul. And by the way, don't invite them for the 8.30 minyan at 8.30. Invite them at 10.30. Let them come for the last 20 minutes in Kiddush. You know, they don't come usually. They don't want to sit there for three hours. Invite them for something small. Talk to them about a tzedakah project that you have. For some Jewish cause that you want to show them, you want to engage them. That's the war and that's how we fight it. If once upon a time there was a miraculous victory in a war against the Jews, then once again today there can be a miraculous victory for the war against the Jews. It will once again be, Rabim Be'ad Me'atim, that the many will fall in the hands of the few. The few that care, the few that know, can go out there and bring in the masses. The people that Zedim, it's not their fault, but they don't live lives of Torah, they live lives where kosher's out the window, and Shabbat's out the window, and Tarata Mishpachah's out the window, and Torah's out the window, all the things are out the window. Only thing that's in the window is Hanukkah candles, and usually electric. Guys, it's not their fault. They just never met someone as inspiring as you can be. So we can't sit there, light the lights, sing the songs, tell the story, pray the prayers, and not be willing to do what once was done for Am Yisrael. We should be zocher, we should merit to be able to see once again, the story of Hanukkah be a re-education and a rededication of the Jewish people. It should bring us back, just like they did, to the Beit HaMikdash with the coming of Mashiach. Amen. 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 Amen.